favorite political commentator, your crazy cousin from the country, Music Truth. And you are listening to episode 10 of Truth 101, Our World Through Chocolate Lenses, the show where we dive into any and everything until we get to the bottom of it, where we get to the bottom of everything from politics and pop culture to yes, today, why people with big arms make the best grits. We did it. We're here. It's episode 10. Um, So let's get into it. Look, today's episode has been a long time coming. It started off as a joke, a tagline opener, until I realized that people seriously wanted to know more about grits and why people with big arms have an advantage at making them right. I have a couple listeners out in California. Hey, and honey, this is all regionally foreign to them. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about grits, y'all. We need to talk about this Southern staple, this staple that through the great black migration still makes its way up north as oftentimes northerners have grandparents from the south and so forth. You all know how much I love history and paying homage to roots, so we must take it back to the source and provide some uh, historical context about the origins of this warm, delicious, and yes, controversial dish. And we'll get more into the controversy in a little bit. So grits, according to southernliving.com, originated from porridge made from cornmeal by Native Americans. The word grit derives from the Middle English word girt, that's G-Y-R-T, which means the outside bran of any grain. Grits began as a stone ground dry corn kernel, and then it removes that outer hole as you're grinding it down and you grind them down even further and they become grits. And if you are familiar with the grinding process of corn, you know, you go through multiple stages. You at some point will get to hominy. At some point we'll get to to grits. At some point we'll get to cornmeal. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper. Now, according to the culturetrip.com, grits were documented in the Americas as early as the 16th century, the 1500s. We know, of course, that Native Americans, specifically the Muskogee peoples, were likely enjoying this much sooner than explorers' documentations began. However, in 1584, Sir Walter Raleigh's expeditions into what we know today as Roanoke, North Carolina, documented the hospitality and meals shared with Native Americans. Grits quickly spread throughout the South and was even referred to as the potatoes of the South, quote-unquote fulfilling the starch requirement needed for immediate energy. And if you know the history of the South, then you know why that immediate energy was needed. Today, according to Charles Cutler's work entitled Tracks That Speak, the legacy of Native American words in North American culture, more than three quarters of all grits purchased in the United States today are purchased from the, quote, grits belt. That's the South also known as the area below the Mason-Dixon line that begins in Washington, D.C. and reaches all the way down into Texas. 
And if you've ever traveled to Washington, D.C. and spent time on or around the National Mall, you'll note that the district itself still feels like it's a southern city. It's, it's got the pace of a steady hand and has a southern feel to it. And their accent kind of sounds like it has one foot in New York and one foot in the South. That's my opinion. And we can do an entire show about accents. If you want, just shoot me a DM and we'll get into it. So let's get into the controversy, and that comes with preparation. What's the problem? Honey, we need to talk. Because grits is a dish that can be made very right, and it can also be made very, very wrong if you don't know what you're doing. Now, first of all, you need a big arm. Let's just start there. Because if you're not making quick grits, where the grit has been processed even further to make it faster to cook, you're going to be stirring forever to ensure grits don't lump so forth and so on. And real grit makers aren't using the instant grits, honey. They are stirring that pot. You need some strength in that arm, some power, some muscle, or even some reserved fat, whatever the case may be. If you're doing it right, you need a big arm to make it happen. Now, some folks just use water, salt, and butter. Others add a little milk to get a little fluff in there. And some, lords, you do it. Add sugar. Now, I'll be honest with you, the only time I remember sugar in my grits was as a very young child below the age of five. Now, when my big sister would go off to kindergarten during the day, I was home with my great-grandmother Inez, and sometimes she would make me grits in the morning and add a little sugar because I was a child, and that's what kids like. She'd also make me oatmeal and add a little syrup and so forth. The point is, sugar has no business in grits as an adult. We add salt, butter, and sometimes some cheddar or sharp cheese if you're feeling a little cute. Now, northerners and folks deep down in Alabama and Mississippi have been known to throw a little sugar in there, and that's okay. Y'all are still good people, but I do often wonder if the folks adding sugar in their grits are also kin to the folks treating spaghetti as a side and not a main. We won't even get into that conversation. Now, for me, grits bring back so many childhood memories, so many positive childhood memories. I, I remember going to my grandmother Ethel's house, and if you got there early enough, she would have breakfast ready for you when you arrived. My sister and I would sit at the table, and Ma, as we called her, would make our plates for us. And it was always grits and eggs and some meat to go along with it or something. You know, sometimes she'd make Johnny cakes or pancakes for us. Um, but it was always a full breakfast. She didn't skimp on it. And for later in the day, there'd always be a pan of biscuits on the stove or sweet potatoes. They were smaller and sweeter back then. And she would cook them right on the racks of the oven. And she'd have those waiting for you if you walked in and just wanted a snack. But for breakfast, grits were always on our plates. She'd slice a little pad of butter for each portion. And I remember trying to bury my butter pad in my grits with my silver spoon. That's how she showed love. She hugged us, she kissed us, and she was looking for our names in the newspaper to see if we made the honor roll. She showed love by playing pity pat and sending us in the other room when it was time to watch her stories and by stirring those grits on the stove for her grandkids when we came over. Now, I don't recall what her process for grits were. My older first cousins could probably tell you. I just remember that they were always ready before I got there. And she ladled them out with an arm and a steady hand. And that's the truth about grits and why people with big arms make them best. 
Peace, babies. And I hope you have a wonderful week and are ready to handle your business. Thank you all for listening. And please send me your questions. You can inbox me on social media by searching Music Truth on Facebook. That's M-U-S-I-Q Truth. All one word. See you next time. You've been listening to Truth 101. Our world Questions, I got answers, ain't no use pretending We can talk it out, chop it up till we get bored Research it, flip it, scratch it, or throw it straight out the door It's Truth 101, our world from chocolate lenses Sending your questions, cause knowledge we straight spitting and dying You got questions, we got answers, ain't no use pretending Chop it up, talk it out, knowledge we straight dripping